This is Game Day Media. For all the latest in education and political news from around the state of Texas, visit my friends at TexasISD.com. The staff at TexasISD.com updates their site each morning with articles, commentary, and news from all over our state. If you have one site to bookmark and visit every day, it should be TexasISD.com. The crossroads of education and legislation. You're listening to Largent Unfiltered with Dr. Jim Largent. I want to welcome everyone back to the show this week, and uh, I'm proud to have one of my friends on the show this week, Dr. Buck Gilcrease. He is the CEO of Moak Casey & Associates. Almost 30 years of experience in Texas public schools, Dr. Gilcrease served the last 15 years as a superintendent, first in a small rural district, then in a mid-sized district, and lastly in a multi-high school fast growth district. He has extensive successful experience in navigating his district through all areas of school finance and accountability, including bond elections, TREs, budget planning, implementing teacher incentive programs, and raising student performance. So Dr. Gilcrease, Buck, I call you, thanks for being with me today. Yeah, glad to be here. Absolutely. Well, hey, First of all, I know I have a lot of young administrators and wannabe superintendents listening, and so talk to us a little bit about your career path and how you were able to get that first job and then to go through the different size schools that you that you worked with. You know, the biggest piece of advice I can give people that I found in my career was is that the best way to get the next job is to not forget that you have a job to do right now. Exactly. And do it the do it the best you can. Right. Um, and quite honestly, that's kind of the story of my my administrative career was, um, you know, was teacher coach and um, just having a good time and doing uh, doing my job. And all of a sudden, the principal came to me one day and said, uh, hey, you're my new assistant principal. We've got a meeting at mine, you know. <laughs> right. And, and so uh, kind of did um, uh, that throughout my career. Um, now, where did you start your career? I, I actually started teaching at Brewer Middle School in White Settlement ISD, which is where I graduated from. All right. Okay. Uh, and then from there, went to, to Azel High School, um, and uh, that's Azel High School is where I got my first administrator's job. Okay. And then that so, first superintendent's job is always the hardest one to get, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so I was high school principal in Marble Falls, and uh, um you know, my superintendent came in my office one day and said, uh, hey, you need to give this guy a call. And it was service center director out of Region 14. Right. And uh, I called him and he said, hey, we, we got some job openings. You need to apply for this one. And so um, I did. And, you know, I'd been through, oh, gosh, by that point, I'd probably been through five interviews for superintendents right. uh, around the state and hadn't had any luck. And then, um, you know, when the right job came along, the right fit came along then uh um it it happened and so you know the story i tell people is is uh finding the right fits more important than finding the first job absolutely no doubt about that i've interviewed several places that i where i didn't get the job and 
and you know, two months later, I got a much better job. So it it seemed to always work out that way. You find the you find the best fit for yourself, and it just seems to work out, or it did for me anyway, and and obviously for you. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I've interviewed for jobs and find out who got it, and I thought, well, I'm I'm better than them, you know. <laughs> right. Um, and then and then I've gotten jobs and found out who I interviewed against and found they're they're a whole lot better than me. Right. And what what I what I've learned is is that that's not as important as the fit. It, it's got to be a fit. Yeah, I use that a lot too. It's you, there's a right fit for for most everybody. It's just you get, you have to. Sometimes it takes a little while to find what it, where it is. But you just keep plugging away. I had a superintendent when I was coming up that told me if if you couldn't wallpaper your uh, bedroom with rejection letters, you haven't applied for enough jobs. <laughs> so I, I don't know if that's still true or not. But uh, but some people, it really takes quite a few uh, interviews to, to finally get the one that fits you for sure. I'm here with my farmer's agent, Brent Northcutt. And Brent, one of the things that impressed me so much about you guys is that when I came in to to let you evaluate my programs, you were able to put my current policy up against what you were proposing. And it was very easy for me to see the difference and in all the programs and in obviously the price. Right, Tell right. us more about that. Well, we try to make it an interactive process. And if there's any way to make shopping for insurance fun, we've tried to do that. One of the smartest things that farmers ever did, we developed three different homeowners programs based on what our competition is doing out there. And so when a, a client, a potential client comes into our office and they have a, a policy with another carrier, we know immediately which one of our policies competes best against that policy. Then we uh, put our proposal on a, a big screen right next to their current coverages and uh, we point out their coverages. We can point and click and we can change coverages, really custom build a policy to fit your needs right. instead of just giving you a generic policy and don't have any options. So it, it, what happens is the people really typically enjoy the experience and learn a lot about their coverage and leave with uh, a custom built homeowner's product. Yeah. And it's always fun to, to uh, come in and see that you can get better coverage for a lot less money. And so I would recommend everyone to give you a call and, and, let you evaluate what they have. I appreciate that. Uh, they can get in touch with me anytime at 817-326-5030, Northcutt Farmers Insurance, or email me at bnorthcutt, that's two T's on Northcutt, at farmersagent.com, bnorthcutt at farmersagent.com. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. So talk yeah. about the difference in the in the different size schools. You know, I've kind of I wasn't I didn't end up as quite a large a district as you are, but but I uh, I did one A, three A, five A, and and there is a difference. And I'm interested to see what you think the differences might be. Well, so there is differences, but um, but you know there is a lot of the same stuff, a lot of the same crap oh, yeah. that happens. You know, no matter what the size, and so. Uh, uh, I don't think that it's, um, uh, that part of it, uh, the, the, I, I like to use this, uh, illustration is, is that I think it's kind of like sports that every level you move up, it's just the speed of the game. Right. Um, 
that that is the difference. And so um, I, I, that's how I I describe it moving from from uh, you know one uh, A to a to a three or four A, which is where I was, and then to a multi high school six A. Um, it's just f- fast. The speed. There's a lot of pull on you. A lot of uh, of uh, requirements of your time. Uh, you know, my last district in Alvin, uh, we had seven cities uh, that make up the, the district. Right now, you now you got seven city councils. You got two or three chambers. You got exactly. you know six or seven Rotary clubs, and um, it's just uh, the speed and the requirements of your time. Uh, I, I think uh, are are different than uh, than the smaller. Now I'll say this: the opposite of that is is in a smaller district. Everybody, everybody knows you. Everybody oh, yeah. knows you, and you can't go anywhere um, without getting hit up about something from school. Sure. And so um, that's a that's a lot of time requirement as well. So. Yeah, that's kind of what I found, and it seemed like the the smaller schools you're more involved with the classroom and the and the kids, and you get to know people a, a little better. And then the larger schools, you're more you're more into the PR for the district and the spokesman for the district and that kind of thing, or at least that's what I found. Yeah, that's a, that's a good description. Um, you know, but, um, my son graduated from Alvin high school. And so, you know, his senior year, I knew a lot of those kids. Yeah. Um, but, um, uh, other than that class, you know, I, I knew a few of them here and there, uh, but not like you do at a, a small or mid-sized school, right. for sure. Yeah, it definitely is, is a difference. But I wouldn't trade anything for my time at, at a 1A because I had to learn all the different aspects of the job. You you look around for your athletic director and your transportation director and your finance director, and, and you're looking in the mirror because you're the one doing all of it. <laughs> and so you do have a lot more help the larger you get, too. Well, and the, the good news is, is if you follow a path like mine, uh, you know, when I got to the large district, in large districts, there's a lot of silos, right? People have built their little fiefdoms. And, exactly. And, uh, and the reason why they're able to do that is because a lot of times the, the upper administration only understands one specific track within a school district. Right. Uh, coming from a small district, don't you know, that. Hey, don't don't try to push that over on me. I've I've filled out the comments. Exactly. For, I've been there before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, we got more zeros here, no doubt, at right. the end of it, but but it's still the same process. And so, yeah. Um yeah, I I found that extremely useful in my career. Exactly. So talk to us a little bit about Moat Casey. I know that as a superintendent, I, we use Moat Casey to do some runs for finance and do some research. But give us a little more detail about what you guys are up to. Well, Lars, you know this, that uh, um, uh, there's, a, well, there's a whole lot of really smart people that work at Moat Casey. <laughs> right. Um, and and uh, I'm lucky just to walk in the door every day, you know, because <laughs> – I don't count myself in that group with them, uh, but they they understand. Uh, and, you know, as a superintendent, you have an understanding of the school finance system um, and and how it operates. But you know, and a lot of times, superintendency your your end result is what's our revenue and then what's our expenditures look like. Right. Um, you know, look, Casey, those guys can tell you the the reasons why it works that way and and they can quote statutes from 
20 years ago as to how we got here. Right. And so it's, it's a lot more intricate, um, on the finance side, uh, feel very blessed to, to be able to be with those guys and sit and learn. Uh, we have a great mix in the office of, uh, of experienced people, um, you know, uh, white haired guys like me. Uh, but then we have some really, really awesome, uh, talent that's uh, coming up, uh, a younger generation and, and, uh, gives me hope for, uh, for the future because they are really, really smart and uh, really understand what's going on. So we spend a lot of time uh, with people in, um, in multiple avenues. Economic development's a, a big part of what we do, Chapter 313 agreements specifically, uh, helping districts navigate, uh, you know, the revenue loss uh, calculations and, and how they can uh, uh, help maximize for their district. Right. Finances, but at the same time, you know, uh, economic development incentives are designed to grow your community. So it's it's a it's a fine line between those two. Um, then we spend a, a lot of time, you know, working with uh, revenue estimation, uh, tax rate issues. Um, you know, dealing with budgetary uh, issues within school districts, and then uh, and then the third leg that we that we really work on is the accountability system we have some uh, some really sharp people one you know one from the agency and the other one has extensive school district accountability experience and they really understand what what that means and how that operates and so we're helping districts understand um, the, the system I still call it the new system because uh, it is you know even though it's three years old in the final, the version it's in, it's still a new system, and there's some nuances in there as it as it moves through the different stages. And so, having those people uh, available to to assist school districts uh, has been, I think, positive for for most people that have, that have dealt with it. So right. that's kind of the three areas that we that we um, focus on. Uh, we have a new venture um, that uh, I, I'm really excited about. And that, um, so I, you know, I'd been like you, I'd been involved with the legislative process for years as a superintendent. Sure. Um, when I retired at the end of January and came in to Mo Casey, I, I got to see it from the, uh, inside the beltway loop, if you can, right. The, uh, in the, the, the policy people and the, uh, the lobbyist world. And, um, I, I realized that, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's not known by the general school population. <laughs> right. And yeah. And so we've, we've come up with this Texas school policy network, um, which, um, my, my dream is to have all thousand public schools to be a part of it. Um, and, and uh, the, the reason why is, is because I think that having one source of information that's not tied, we're not tied to anybody, right? We don't have, we don't have allegiance to any management group or, right. or uh, you know, school district size or anything. We just want to get the information out um, so that people understand uh, what what is actually going on and what we all need to be involved in. Um, right. School districts, we're going to disagree on things, you know, size or geographic location or, you know, rich, poor, however. There's always going to be divisions. But about 95 to 97% of the stuff that happens at the legislature, we can all agree on it. We just all have to have the same information. Exactly. And so we're, we're, uh, we're moving towards that. We got about 150 districts involved right now. 
uh, we we would love to have uh, all thousand just so we can continue to have a the same conversations all in unison. So if they join this group, they would they just are part of this network that receives the same information and makes recommendations and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So it uh you know, you get you get uh a couple of regular communications a month from us that that are, you know, uh a part of the regular process, but then you get constant updates depending upon how things how things happen. Uh, so, you know, for instance, this, the, the next communication coming out, uh, and you know what, maybe we can just send it to everybody for free. Maybe that's what we need to do, but it's really a, uh, a deep dive into the upcoming teacher incentive program, right. uh, that, you know, that the commissioner is really high on. And so, you know, if the commissioner's, uh, pushing something, then you probably need to know what it's about. So it, how it affects your district. Exactly. And, uh. And so, uh, you know, we take a deep dive into those House Bill 30 and House Bill 3 and 30 videos. Um, right. And, and what we try to get to at the end of the of the analysis of that, we try to boil it down into four or five bullet points that says, if you're doing this, here's what you need to be doing right now. Right. Uh, so people don't have to go watch the 30-minute thing and then read the analysis and decide for themselves. We we can boil it down into, you know, just some four or five major bullet points of how to move forward. So what are your, so, what are y'all's thoughts on the, the incentive plan is, are you just trying to give people the facts and how to implement it? Or do you have a particular slant on it that you're trying to present or on how best to do it? Or what is your take on it? Well, so um, my personal take on it is this, I think it's great that we're trying to, to reward teachers. I think the way it's set up, you can, you can do it by your individual district, right? Uh, you know, and then it, that money doesn't have to go to all one teacher. Uh, it, it has to go to the campus where you've designated that teacher. So you can spread the salaries out across the campus. Right. Um, the one tricky part is, is that uh, once a teacher is, is labeled as that master teacher, whatever the labels are, then technically the money follows the teacher. And so if wow. they move districts, um, uh, that money is, is following them to their next district. Hmm. That's interesting. And Yeah. And so there's going to be some logistical issues that have to be worked out. Um, but, uh, you know, the idea, which I, I, I actually admire from the legislature, is that uh, it is time to reward um, our, our outstanding teachers. Um, you know, and my goal is to make them all outstanding, right? Not right. just trying to pick out one or two, but instead move them all up to that outstanding. Because, you know, we have great teachers in Texas, um, and uh, they need to be rewarded for that. Yeah, and, you know, that's a big debate in the in the educator world is uh, some of our teacher groups don't agree with that. They think that everyone should be making the same exact money, and if, if – Teacher A gets a raise. Teacher B should get the same exact raise, and and uh, you know that's a debate going on. That uh, it would be nice if if all of us could get on the same page and and support some things that are maybe a little different. And and I'm, everybody goes back to we had career ladder, and you see that was a failure. And and uh, yeah. it is it is more difficult with with educators because you it's hard to determine. You know, you've got one teacher teaching. Uh, pre-K special education and you've got another teacher teaching uh, you know advanced calculus 
and it's hard to distinguish sometimes which one is the better teacher. But uh, by the same token, uh, most anybody can say we know who our outstanding teachers are, and and there should be a way to uh, incentivize them a little bit and, and reward them, however you want to look. Either incentivize them or, or just call it a reward. We're rewarding you for being a great teacher. So I, I think the the logistics of it and the, the details of it is what, always you know the devil's in the details but i i think there should be a way to do that yeah and that's the part that we try to emphasize like in our analysis um is that um <clears throat> there is a way to do that individually or spread it across the the teaching core in a in a campus right uh but the reality is unless we all have the conversation together and we can all try to start um putting together plans that that work across the state for every district um you know but in order to do that everybody's got to have the same information yeah exactly and And, and know understand the system right and it seems like there is some flexibility for those schools to do some some things differently uh at individual school districts too they don't have to do exactly the same thing across the state yeah so talk that's right Talk a little bit about House Bill Three and and this how this has been rolled out and and some things that you may be hearing now that we're underway with the new House Bill. Yeah, so you know, obviously, it's the largest and and most important piece of legislation in uh, for thirty years, forty years, you yeah. know, since House Bill seventy two. Um, and you know, one of the things that we keep reminding people in Mo Casey is this that. House Bill 72 wasn't implemented in four months, and, and this right. isn't going to be implemented either. This is a this is a four or five year process, and uh, and people, you know, are going to have to to hold on as we work through the process. Um, I am, uh, you know, I, I like the the way the the, the uh, agency has approached it with trying to get some some temporary rules out there, especially through the videos. Um, I do hope that's not the end of the conversation because these rules need to be uh, dissected and and uh, rearranged in, in some cases. And so I hope we still go through the regular rulemaking process. Um, but, you know, what people don't right now really fully grasp, I think, is that – and I get it. I mean, they're trying to start school and, you know, get a football season in and, um, you, you know, get things rolling. Yeah. Um, uh, but – there are so many spending requirements in this bill that uh, that haven't even really been talked about, and so the money that's assigned to it, the money that came with it, is is good. But uh, I, I would caution people to be careful because uh, a lot of that money is pre-spent for you in specific areas, right. and uh, and you gotta you gotta watch it. You know, um, I, I've I've worked with some districts around the state that have seen. You know, after they after they paid the raises and they knew, they, and they started looking at what else is coming, reading academies and student safety and mental health and all that, they've actually gone and cut the rest of their budget. You know, they gave teacher raises and then cut their budget, um, and um, um, they they have they have a long term look. And, you know, in sixty two to sixty six hundred, you got to you got to scale back there in order to be able to do this here, and so. Um, I think that as the rules and the process works out, uh, everybody, the agency, your auditors, everybody's going to be concerned about how you're spending that money. 
uh, and it, but it needs to go for um, those specific purposes. So um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun couple of three four years here as we figure out all the implementation of it. Exactly, and you know the the one thing that I worry about is we have some of our legislators out there who think they fix school finance and 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 so uh, my my concern is they really do think they have fixed school finance and and we're done with it and next session we'll be on to something else and I really hope that they will be open to listening to some of these uh, stories out there in our schools of how some of these uh, laws affected individual schools and maybe make some changes and adjustments along the way. Not, you know, we're happy that House Bill 3 passed and we think it's good to infuse more money in education, but there's always, when you attach those strings, there's always winners and losers sometimes. And, and uh, you know, we hope that the legislators will be open-minded and, and go back and make those adjustments as as people like Mo Casey and, and your guys in, in your research department are, are able to make those recommendations on how best to make some adjustments. Yeah, and again, uh, I think the best way is to make sure everybody across the state has the same information so we can make an informed presentation to, to those guys that, that, you know, fits as many people as possible to get these things solved as they come up. Right. Yeah. And that's one thing I've talked about before on the on the podcast. We've got so many groups of educators, you know, principals, teachers, administrators, superintendents, high wealth, low wealth. Everybody has their group. And and there's got to be a way we can at least agree on all the low hanging fruit and get on the same page. And we're going to have some differences in some minor areas. We understand that. But we need somewhere we can go to where we're all on the same page. We're not bickering. We're, we are, we're all in agreement on some, some basic facts and needs of, of our school. So maybe that's something you guys can, can do. That's my dream for the school policy network right there is that we all just have, have the same conversations about all the, all of the things we can have the same conversations about. And then break up when we need to get down to some to some detail. Right, exactly. So, how would people contact you or Mo Casey or find out more information about this network if they want to join or learn more about it? Well, of course, you go to our website mocasey.com, uh, and uh, you know there's a link there for the for the network. And then, okay. uh, of course, you know me, crazy me, I've done this everywhere I've been, and I'll I'll do it now. I'll, I'm gonna give you my cell phone number. If you need to call me, call me. Uh, okay. But my cell, my cell number is 817-228-8887. And, you know, if they want to call about the network or, uh, um, you know, anything else, if I can, if I can help them in any way with, with what's going on, man, I hope they reach out. And, and just like you, I know you're the same way. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm not saying you and I know how to do it. I'm saying that you and I know how to do it wrong a bunch of times. We did it in our career wrong, and we can tell you how what not to do. Right? Exactly. We can probably find somebody that can help you anyway, if we can. That's right. And you guys, yeah. in addition to your work across the states, you also work with individual districts. They can talk to you about specific issues with economic development or their specific budget, and you guys go out and work with them individually, right? That's right. Yeah, uh, we do. We work with individual districts as needed. I'm I'm on my way to uh, a district in San Antonio uh, this morning. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that we're we're delving into and working with is this whole geocoding for the comp ed stuff. Right. 
Um, and that's part of the network. If you if you're in the network, we'll help you make sure your geocoding is accurate because um, you know the, the difference between the t- the top and bottom tier is about three hundred dollars per student. Right. And so it, it's important to maximize that. And so we we work with individual districts. Um, you know, we do we do truth and taxation work with a lot of districts and uh, setting tax rates and those things. So we yeah we'll be glad to work with with individual districts, no doubt. Well, I know Mo Casey has a great reputation around the state for working with schools, especially with things dealing with finance, and, and your information is always good and pertinent, and you do some things around the state that I know I always appreciate it, and uh, I know you guys are doing great work. So uh, those of you out there who need some help or want to learn more about the network, uh, give Buck a call or go to the website and learn more about the, the uh, opportunities Mo Casey has for you. And, uh, Buck, I want to appreciate, uh, thank you for being on the show today and, uh, safe travels as you, uh, go to, go around the state helping schools. Yes, sir. And hey, it's good to see you at the convention and, uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Absolutely. Have a good one. If you like our show, I hope you'll subscribe and then share this with your friends and colleagues. You can also check out my website at largentconsulting.org. I'm on Twitter at Dr. Jim Largent and Facebook at Largent Consulting, LLC.